Hey, this is Rob Liefeld, and you're listening to uh, Matt, Ian, and Paul on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. Welcome to episode 120 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian Fantasy Football Sharply. Hello! And Matt Casal. Hello! It is Monday night. Oh, it's Sunday night! Oh, it's night. Sunday night! Sunday, Sunday football day! <laughs> this is why we Sunday, don't do it on Sundays. Sundays. It's Sunday night, September 13th. We were fresh off Pittsburgh, Wizard World Pittsburgh, this weekend. And tonight we're going to talk about the Pittsburgh experience, Wizard World's first show here. And we're going to do a little A Long Time Ago This Week with Matt Cassell. And joining us tonight, our good buddy, special guest, Dominic Yossi. Hello. So, as we do every show, we lead in with a little bit of housekeeping with Ian Sharpley. I'd like to welcome all of the new listeners to the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. We met a lot of really cool people this weekend, so thank you for liking our page, for coming and joining us on this podcast. If you go to McSauce.com, you can find our web comic. We update five days a week. We have the comic, we have comic book reviews and recommendations, as well as this podcast that you're listening to. We have multiple outlets for the podcast. You can find us on iTunes. You can also find us on Stitcher if you want to stream or you have an Android device. That's always a good way to listen to the podcast. You can also go to our home on Podomatic, download or stream there. And if you want to listen to some of the older classic episodes because we can't host all of the episodes through Podomatic and through iTunes. If you want, we have over a hundred different episodes and a lot of good stuff in the archives. If you go to mcsaucepodcast.libsyn.com, you can find some of the old, the old favorites that we have in the archives. And so go there and check that out. Like our own Star Wars trilogy of podcasts. We went through there and broke down our feelings on the prequels on the original trilogy and our thoughts on at that time i don't think that they had and they had announced that they're going to be making anything new or maybe it was right after that i'm i get a little yeah confused. we were right before the announcement of uh episode seven right officially that's not true no that's not true no we knew that episode seven had been announced but we didn't know much at all. We didn't know if um, it had, it, any of the it had just been announced. Okay, though, right. So we were just kind of the, stating like what we thought might happen. The announcement of the new trilogy kind of spawned the idea of doing a podcast, and me and Paul, we were talking about it, and I think kind of like the the energy, the excitement of that announcement, kind of like like kind of came out of us and we're like this needs to be recorded and we decided to do a podcast out of it so yeah the announcement happened but nothing we didn't know that like any of the classic actors were going to be in it we this is one i still thought i might get ryan gosling as luke skywalker right yeah we didn't know we didn't know what they were going to do 
We didn't know what it was going to be called. <clears throat> That's all. Okay. Cool. We also are pretty active on social media. If you met us this weekend, we'll probably ask you to like us on Facebook. That's a great way to keep updated with what different kinds of things we're doing, events we're going to, and when the new podcast and uh, webcomic are updated. So go to the Facebook page and check us out on Facebook forward slash McSauce. You can also find us on Instagram. If you type in McSauce, you'll be able to see some of our behind the scenes uh, sketches, different ideas that we have for upcoming artwork and you can also go to um, exhaust.tumblr and there's similar kind of things on the tumblr page so a lot of different ways that you can join in the fun with the exhaust crew we're a living breathing party we are and we brought the party to pittsburgh comic-con wizard world wizard world pittsburgh pittsburgh this weekend. So if you <clears throat> listened at the very beginning of the show, you may have heard Rob Liefeld lead us into the episode. We've had an ongoing situation with one Mr. Rob Liefeld over a sketch that he did for Matt in May. And the entire saga came to a conclusion Friday afternoon. <clears throat> So Matt, why don't you why don't you go ahead and tell us about tell us about your Friday? Do, you, do we want to recap the whole saga here? Quickly, quickly, quickly. All right, Cliff's Notes version. Back in early May, uh, the McSauce crew um, attended Wizard World Philadelphia, where one Robert Liefeld had set up camp to sign autographs and sell prints. Paul, is this the Cliff Notes version? It feels like <laughs> yeah. it's not. I, you know, I'm... Well, it's been going on since May, so if we can take ten minutes to explain it, that's still pretty Cliff Notes. Is it going to be ten minutes? It will be. <laughs> this is why we normally don't have four, so we don't have a split vote. Go for it, Matt. Continue to tell your so, story. Paul being the uh, guardian devil on my shoulder that he was, the, the bad influence that he is... Uh, walked with me over to his table and said, well, I think I said to him, I was like, should I get a convention sketch from Rob Liefeld? I'm a big fan of Rob Liefeld. goes back to being a kid. Um, and, I mean, just seeing, like, one of, one of your comic book heroes for the first time, like, I don't think I've ever actually met like a true comic book hero of mine other than Rob Liefeld. I've probably got maybe five, and Liefeld's in there. And um, so actually seeing him and, and having the opportunity to get a real drawing from him was pretty cool. Plus, once we started talking to him, and I think originally I was like, well, could you do a Darth Vader? And he's like, yeah, but it'll look like Darth Vader. And I thought, yeah, it's true. He has like a distinct kind of way of drawing faces, and Darth Vader's just a mask. So I suggested Savage. No, I think Paul said what about Savage Dragon? And I was like, yeah. Paul, knowing nothing about 90s comic books. But knowing everything about my good friend, Matt Cassell. And, right, me being a big, big Savage Dragon fan, it made sense. And when Liefeld let up, or lit up about the idea of, of drawing Savage Dragon, like, that excitement 
transferred itself over to me, and I was like, well, if he's that excited about it, I'm doing it. I was like, draw that thing. And he's like, okay, come back, like, tomorrow, and I'll have it. Okay, cool. I was hoping I would, like, get to watch him work, but instead he was, like, taking it back to his room to Well, this is, this is when everything went off the rails. Because Rob Liefeld had a panel the next day, sometime between 3 and 3.30. He was going to be cutting out. We were... No, actually, um, he... I think he had his panel on Saturday, um, and he was cutting out. We went up to him on Thursday, so he was there for two and a half days out of the full four days at Philadelphia Wizard World. But um, when we went back to him on on Friday to collect the drawing, he hadn't done it yet, and he said he was going to do it. We, I, he, was, he showed me his list. He's like, look, you're next. You're, I'm drawing that tonight. Okay, cool. I can wait another day. So, um, the next day comes, Paul and I take a, take a stroll over to his table, um, mid-afternoon. Well, that's when, the end of that conversation with him is when everything got screwed up. Right. Because he, he had, told us a panel and time and he's going to leave afterwards and we thought he, we thought he meant some other time. Mis- complete miscommunication, classic case of. No one at fault miscommunication. Right. So then we go over the next day, and his corner booth is a ghost town. It was as as vacant as a ghost town. As a ghost town. There was one lonely used napkin rolling across the barren table. There really was, and I lifted it. Just to see if his sketch was under there. My sketch would have have to have been on half of a post-it. Or Rob Liefeld would have had to have been a wizard so that he cast a shrinking spell on your commission and you lift it up and it just grew to its normal size. It it was... Like, I was like, he wouldn't have packed his stuff up to leave, like, for the day, right? Like, he's gone. That went through this gamut of emotions. And for me, it was just fucking entertaining. <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. Because he was just gone. He, he for the podcast he was, in general, it's been entertaining. He was split city. And, like, Matt's... Matt, he paid. He I paid, didn't get a I paid sketch. Up front. Where is he? Is he gone for good? How do I get a hold of him? Is he coming back? But I, I paid him. Right. I, I was inconsolable. Um, it ruined most of the rest of that day for me and um i i hit him up on twitter and he was like at the airport and he's like yeah man sorry i missed you um yeah i can send it to you and it sounded like okay i think we'll be okay from here it was the most uh choppy like incoherent twitter conversation ever i wanted rob to follow me so that way i could privately send him messages like okay here's my address um you know how do i send where do, where do you want me to send here's you shipping money here's a picture money? of me in my deadpool costume yeah um here's a picture of me in my deadpool underwear here's a picture of my asshole friend paul i think rob made the good decision not following you back <laughs> 
So, um, he, he answered like one out of every three or four messages. So like sometimes he would answer, but the one that I couldn't get him to like answer to was please follow me so I can send my address. So finally he like, then this started going on like one month, two months, you know? So finally he's like, who was it? He just sends out a Twitter message. Who was it that got the Savage Dragon? Commission, I'm like, oh, oh, that's, that's the other <laughs> right here, Rob. Okay, great. Send me a message to, um, or yeah, you got to pay for shipping. Fantastic. How do I do that? Send it to my PayPal. Great, Rob. What's your PayPal? And like, he just, he was only giving me fragments of info to take the process further it's like you were receiving messages in a bottle yes. from rob live it was very much like that or, or but none of them were your commission <laughs> right so finally he tells me his paypal i send it no response i'm like oh my god mr liefeld i'm starting to lose my patience and <laughs> and um finally he 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 tweets at me he says my my PayPal was hacked. I didn't get your payment. Jinkies. For, for shipping. I'm like, oh my god. So, uh, determined not to pay for shipping again. And I, I Somehow we sidestepped that issue. It seemed like he was still okay with that, but I still didn't have a way to send him my address unless I just put it out there on Twitter. So, Rob Liefeld was like, my PayPal got hacked because I put it on fucking Twitter for everybody to see. <laughs> <laughs> you numb nuts. So... <clears throat> Um, he, I finally was able to, to get from him how to communicate my address. And he said, go to my website and post a message there. Okay, cool. So I post a message on his website. A week goes by, no response. So I sent him a Twitter. I was like, did you get my, like, my message? He's like, no, I didn't get it. Could you resend it? Oh my God. Like, I, it was like. I, it almost felt like he was purposefully <laughs> fucking with me. And so I sent it again. He's like, awesome, got it. Shipping, packing. I was like, oh my God, this is really happening. So like every day for like a week, I would go home and see if my mail was there. You know, like I'd get home from work and see if like it showed up. Is this the day? Is this the day? <laughs> Didn't show up. So it's like Annie, your Red Rider BB it, gun or No, it was my thing. little orphan Annie decoder ring. That's but, right. But... Then I would go in week two, a little bit like less excited because like I had less of like less confidence that it would be there, and and of course it wasn't. And then week three, I was like, okay, this is ridiculous. So I decided to wait a full month, and then I was gonna tweet him again and be like, you know what, man, don't even bother sending it. I see you're coming to Pittsburgh. Just bring it to Pittsburgh, and I'll get it then. So we let a full month go by, and then here. On the McSauce Comic Book Podcast, we tweeted him at the beginning of the episode. By the end of that episode, if you remember, Ian, he had tweeted us back and said, I'm putting it in my art bag now. See you then. I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. It's also not going to happen, but it's <laughs> awesome. So, um, so of course, uh, we, we wait until a couple days before the the wizard world pittsburgh and paul reminded me you might want to send him another tweet to remind him to bring your drawing so on i think it was wednesday i, I tweeted him because i wanted it to be very close to before he left i didn't want to like do it a week before he left for him to forget again so um wednesday i tweeted him and said please bring my drawing and 
no response. I'm like, well, I'm not getting my drawing. So Friday rolls around and, and Rob Liefeld in classic Rob Liefeld fashion started signing uh, an hour and a half after the con started. And um, classic image lateness, correct? That's At least the early, day, the early days of image. So, um, so I show up at his table and there's like a line wrapped around it and I'm like standing in line similarly to like how Pee Wee in Pee Wee's Big Adventure is like standing in line um, at the um, the Alamo no not at the Alamo was it the Alamo I thought it yeah it was the Alamo and he's like when he waits the whole time yes. only to find out there's there no is basement. no basement right so when he finds out there is no sketch for you exactly that's <laughs> it and I'm like standing there kind of like shifting my weight I, I'm like real fidgety I can't wait to like because I ha I didn't know exactly what the plan was the plan was to maybe ask for a refund but then I had no plan after he said no it was I mean, we had there was there was no plan I went over the first time in Philly and I, I wasn't going back I was like no way this is gonna this has the potential to get super awkward in the middle of the convention in front of who knows how many people. Matt's like, gonna I make a scene. I don't want to be any part of that. So I wasn't, but I was coming back from a drink, and Matt was from getting a drink, and Matt was still in line, and I was like, all right. I was I was there for the beginning. I I gotta see how this plays out. Thankfully, Paul came back, and and he he had a change of heart. He was like Han Solo, and. And the end of the first Star Wars where it looked like he left, but at the last moment he comes back to... Let's get this sketch and go home. Right. So, <laughs> finally it's my turn. He's like, hey man, what's up? And I was like, look at this face, Liefeld. <laughs> you the face from your nightmares the last six months. <laughs> Every time he logged on to social media, he was like, fuck, is it gonna be here? Is I'm Twitter stalker again? Matt. <laughs> You know, he saw you coming around the corner in line, and he was like, uh, fuck this guy. <laughs> That's not what he said. I was like, hey, you did that sketch for me, Savage Drive. Oh, yeah, dude. And he gets his bag out, and he pulls out the drawing. White beaming light came <gasps> out. The holy music played. It was unbelievable. It was a moment of moments. It was, <laughs> it was, it was the culmination of four excruciatingly long, painful months of, like, Uncertainty. Did I just get ripped off by comic book royalty? Like, did that really happen? But Am I no, going to I have didn't. to burn all of my X-Force issues? I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know if that's what was going to happen. But guess what? It didn't happen. It didn't have to happen. Because in the end, Mr. Liefeld came through for us. For and, all of us. And all faith was restored. In not, only, not only did he present... The drawing that I had been that I had been waiting four long months for, he also regaled us with his stories of his commute from the airport to his hotel and his um, long-winded cab driver that went on and on and on and on about how great Permanente Brothers sandwiches are, which they're pretty good. But I don't know if you could, like, fill a 15-minute cab ride with how good they are. Like, I'm already done talking about them. Dom, how long was that? Not that so long. So anyway, I, I, he, he, oh, he also managed to, like, get in there. Ace Fraley 
some talk about how the the driver really likes Ace Frehley and he wrote all the good Kiss songs and blah blah blah. And Rob Liefeld said, which isn't true. So apparently Rob Liefeld knows Kiss, which you know ratchets him up one or two extra points in my book. Kiss, an official band of the McSauce comic book podcast. Yes, they are. So at the end, we managed to not only get a drawing. We also got that lovely bumper that you heard at the beginning of the episode. I'm happy. Rob Liefeld has redeemed himself. Yeah. Granted, I will never ask him for anything ever again as long as I live because I want to keep him like, like up here. You know, I don't. I don't want something to like taint my 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 impression of him. And I feel like that could very easily happen if I ever ask for anything again. So, like, let's just leave it as it is. The four long months were a little goofy, but both times I've met Rob Liefeld. He couldn't have been more friendly and affable and welcoming. Like, he's he was, you know, great dude to just roll up to, shake his hand, and talk to for a couple minutes. Great experiences with him. Today at the end of the convention, as he was leaving, it looked like he had his son with him, and he was leaving. I went over to him, shook his hand, pounded his hand. We we did pounds because I'm a notorious bad handshaker, honorary, and Rob knew that. Honorary brother, Rob Liefeld. Well, we told him that uh, when we met him yesterday. We we're like, oh, that other guy on our podcast can't shake hands for crap so i went over to rob and i thanked him for he did something for me he never met me but he recorded the bumper for us he gave my friend the greatest gift which was restoring his faith in his 90s comic book hero rob was really cool he was really nice and his fist bump was solid he also signed for me a couple issues of uh, his current comic book that he's working on that i bought blood strike um which uh was pretty cool. I mean, it, it's it's pretty cool to see um, him drawing a, a full comic book because I feel like a lot of the times, um, well, he did do a few issues of uh, Deathstroke um, with the New 52, but I, I feel like a lot of the times he's kind of not not drawing full issues a whole lot. Maybe he'll do covers or things like that. That's an image book. It's an image book. It's an image character that... Uh, I think is in the same vein as a as a Deadpool. I think maybe he was trying to capture lightning twice, but um, I'm really not sure because I haven't read it yet. But he looks a lot like Deadpool. But um, yeah, Liefeld was cool enough to sign both of the issues for me. Um, and I think he likes probably when somebody comes up to him and just like kind of talks to him, not like hey, man, you know, I love Deadpool. Deadpool's the funniest character ever. That's so great. Like, he probably hears that every single time. But if Celebrities you come up, are people, too. Right. If you come up to him and say, how'd you like that Permani Brothers sandwich? Like, that's probably a much more enjoyable conversation to have. So maybe that played into why he was totally cool doing the, the, the bumper, but get used to listening to it, fans. We're going to keep it attached to this <laughs> podcast for a long time after this. Um... And and I, he did say he would retweet this this episode. So if anybody out there is new because of that particular tweet, thank you for listening. Um, and uh, and if Rob happens to listen to it, thank you for bringing that sketch and and taking the time to do it because it really was a thrill to meet you and have such a a fun story to tell for it. So yeah, and just being a good dude. Yep. 
this was the first time Wizard of World came to Pittsburgh. Normally it's been the Pittsburgh Comic Con and the beautiful suburb of Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Glorious place. 15 minutes to the east of downtown Pittsburgh. Uh, but this year, Wizard World took over the convention. Down, heart of the city, downtown, at the point. And this was our first time with them down at the big David L. Lawrence Convention Center. I think we had a blast and we had a very enjoyable show this weekend. We've been doing a lot of conventions this year. This was our fifth out of six conventions. In a couple weeks, we're going to be at Baltimore Comic Con. So if you want to make the trip to Baltimore to see us, if you're in Baltimore, stop into the Comic-Con. That show is, we did it a couple years ago, a lot of fun, a lot of comic yeah, loyalty. From, from what they say, that this, show. Is, this is the comic book fans podcast right. in Baltimore. Yeah, so that's going to be fun for us after going to a bunch of comic book conventions that kind of center around movie stars, television stars, things of that nature, to really come home to what we love, which are the source material to all that stuff, all the movies that you like, comic books and the creators, the writers, the artists, everybody that puts that stuff together. Um, it's going to be exciting to be a part of that this this uh, at the end of September. So we had the good fortune for the last three days of being in the part of the hall, but right across from where the majority of the celebrities we're signing autographs. We got to see tons of William Shatner. We got to see Eddie McClintock, Ernie Hudson, Dean Jason Kane. David Frank, Dean Kane, uh, and it was it was a really cool position to be in. So, Dom, why don't you lead us off with your favorite con moment from the weekend? It's everyone's favorite con moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it is. But I'm gonna let you tell us about it. It would be. The work ethic and fan appreciation that is Eddie McClintock. The guy's an angel. He really is. For those of you out there that might not know Eddie McClintock, starred on Warehouse 13 sci-fi television show, also had some roles on Bones and some other TV shows. And going in, we didn't really know who Eddie McClintock was. and We, we, had, were, we had seen him. Yeah, we had I seen mean, him on TV. We knew he was an actor. He was recognized. We knew he was an actor. We needed IMDb. We needed IMDb to find out who he really was. So we didn't know anything about him. We just figured he was going to be another person sitting over there, signing autographs, maybe taking some pictures. And he was anything but that. He was the most engaging person that I've ever seen at one of these conventions. And we've all been to a lot of them. He was he he was just awesome, and he would take selfies with the fans. He would sign autographs. He would get away from his booth. He never sat down. That was one of the parts of the work ethic that Dom's referring to. He would he he was always standing up. It wasn't even the selfies that he took. If you were gonna take a selfie with him, he took your phone, and he took the picture. He lifted the phone above him and take the shot kind of like looking down at you. He put the phone on the ground, shot coming up. There was everything. Like he was like just fantastic. Just like he was I'm just so starstruck right now. I can't. It's too much. Yeah, well like we've been to 
like I said, this was our fifth convention. And, you know, we've seen Ben McKenzie, <clears throat> um, Stephen Amell, Roman Reigns, Lou Ferrigno. We've seen China, China, China. Ralph Macchio, Billy Zabka, Joey Lauren Adams. We've been in a bunch of conventions with a lot of celebrities, and Eddie McClintock went really went above and beyond, went out of his way to make every fan's experience the best experience of the convention. Adrian Paul was the old Iron Man. He was the old bar that needed to be raised for fan experience. At Philly, at Wizard World Philly, he was there all day. Really, you know, he, he was there before us. He was there before day. us. Yeah, he he'd sign for three hours, he'd be gone for an hour, come back, right back at his table, always at a constant line. But Eddie McClintock, he never used the chair that was at his table. He never sat behind his table. You'd walk up to him. He gave you the hug. It was never, oh, can I give you a hug? He gave you the hug, asked for your name. He did yeah. everything. He, he, he called my mom. <laughs> he did call He called mom. my mom. And he, he, did, he, he was doing this earlier. It wasn't anything that I asked. He was doing this before. He was he's saying happy birthday. We're like, is he talking on the phone with a whole line of people? And then you'd see him kind of hand the phone back to the user. And we're like, he just called someone. That you never, like, you don't really hear of that kind of celebrity saying like, I'm no, I'm not going to talk to anyone on the phone. It's not a big deal. He was making phone calls. He was talking to everyone who people just weren't even at the convention. That, that kind of thing for us is for me specifically is really special to see. Like in Philly Comic Con, Carrie always was sequestered away the entire time. You you never got a glimpse at him. No. Unless you paid the money to go in and to go get, in and, and see him. Picture. So to see a celebrity be so upfront and be so welcoming and so friendly, it really you know it really makes you like that person all the more. Ernie Hudson was great today. Dean Kane was great. Jason David Frank treats his fans like gold. They treat him like gold. They have a great rapport with each other. Um, and you know Eddie, Eddie McClintock came over to the table. We talked to him a little bit. We talked to him about Permanis because if you're not from Pittsburgh, you got to talk about Permanis. I don't really like Permanis, but I'll you know because it's not the city, because it's not Mexican food. That's why you don't like it because it doesn't have well, salsa on it. Because you can't get it at Taco Bell. Eddie did say there wasn't enough meat on it, and I is that to your agree beef with it? with it? Yeah, it's too much fucking bullshit. Oh, Keep your sauerkraut and French fries off my fucking sandwich. <laughs> One thing that I liked about Eddie was he had that impression on us on Friday, and as he was leaving, we stood up and we gave him a standing ovation for the work that he put in, and he said, "You guys, you know, thank you so much." You know, tomorrow I'm going to come over and I'm going to talk to you. And he did just that. He came over several times and talked to us. He brought over a football, was talking to us about his hometown. He told he thinks, us. He thinks Johnny Football's going to pull it together. Yeah. Didn't look like he did today, though, did it? I had to lie to him and tell him, yeah, I think it's <laughs> going to be all right, Eddie. I couldn't break Eddie's heart like that and tell him that Johnny's a bump. But he, he, he made good on his word and came back and. And really, I felt like he was he was our friend because he came over a bunch of times. 
had some great conversations with us, told us some really heartwarming and heart-wrenching stories about some fans that he's met and why he does what he does and how he treats his fans and the reasons behind that. So he he made lifelong fans out of everybody on this podcast. You know, it felt to me like Eddie wants to help people in any way that he can. And he uses his acting abilities and his fame as a means to do that but like what's important to him isn't necessarily acting as it is making people's lives better and he understands the luxuries that he's been allowed because of the fans and he uses his celebrity to to give back he is everything i would want from a fan experience anytime you go you want to go see a celebrity you're always like, you kind of hear like the good and the bad from people. You're like, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm going to be way too nervous or I don't know what to say. It doesn't matter. You go in his line and he immediately embraces you. He asks your name and any fear that you have is gone. Any sort of ner- any sort of nervousness. demons. <laughs> he really does. He's like the, he's the old, like the, 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 the healers. Like and you think you, like he's like you're Jesus healed, right? Spiritual healers. <laughs> he's your spiritual healer. But like you, you, you don't want to walk away from like your raw Liefeld. You don't want to have that bad taste of meeting an idol like that. But now he has good taste. He has good taste in his mouth. Agreed. <laughs> it's disgusting. It really is. But like, you just walk up to him, and it's a pleasant experience. It's a life-changing experience. It made a fa- Pleasant is La- finding a dollar on the ground. Eddie McClintock changes who you are Eddie from McClintock, your core. Eddie McClintock picks up the dollar and puts down a 20 and says, you've earned this. <laughs> he made a fan of me. I've never seen an episode of Warehouse 13 before. Last night after the con, I went home and watched the pilot episode one and then this morning, before the con, I watched episode two, three, and four. You're a maniac. I am. That's that I'm, patented Dom Yossi enthusiast. <laughs> I am invested. This is now in my Netflix queue. It's now in my list. I am going to watch this thing beginning to end. I like it, and I trust you, and you'll be done oh, tomorrow. I'm off tomorrow, so there will be a good <laughs> chance. will be done before the show Season is one. Now. Yeah, I, I have, I'm watching it right now on, on with captions. Ian, why don't you tell us your favorite experience of this weekend? I really liked meeting some new people. We had a lot of uh, fan interaction today um, and, and all throughout the weekend. I thought that... Um, Probably the favorite people that I met, Krista and Megan, stopped by. They were cosplaying all weekend long. Megan was wearing a Daredevil TV show outfit, which I thought was really cool. Walked over, gave her a button. Her and Krista came back, talked to us about some different things. Krista has a Aragorn tattoo, Aragorn sword tattoo on her leg. And we just talked for minutes about different comic books that we like different kinds of pop culture and tv shows um so it was it was cool just meeting a bunch of different people 
and having having a nice fan interaction with people and, and telling them about what we do. Matt? Uh, well, I mean, I already told it. The Liefeld incident was... Um, I mean, that was a culmination of, of several weeks of, you know, events. Right, several months. And, and it had such a, a satisfying payoff. Um, you know, I, I came back to our table beaming. I mean, I was... Remember how um, sad I was when he left Philadelphia? Very yeah. sad. Well, that's... You lost your I puppy. Was, the opposite. Yeah, you I were think. seriously like a kid at Christmas. Yeah, I was. It, it was almost one of those starstruck moments, a little bit. Um, but uh, you know, actually, one of my one of my favorite parts was when, and we don't, you know, get this all that often, but it it makes it feel very worth what we do when somebody that we don't know and don't remember ever meeting comes up to us and tells us, you know, we listen, I listen to your podcast, you guys, it's really good. And that was kind of it. That was the extent of the interaction. But just yeah. knowing that, that there are people out there that are listening. That aren't our moms. That aren't our moms. <laughs> or I'm pretty sure our moms didn't pay that guy $5 to go tell us that. God, I hope my mom never listens to this show. <laughs> My mom has asked, she's like, what's it called again? I'm like, it doesn't worry about it. Yes, don't. <laughs> Pretend I don't do it. Um, but when he came up and uh, he didn't even talk to me. I think he talked to Ian. And, and, but I overheard it and it was over and I just thought, man, that's, that's really cool. That means that like, it makes it worth it, I think. Yeah, didn't really want to stop and talk. Just came right up. He was like, hey, yeah. I listen to you guys. You're entertaining. I like what you're doing. You keep me laughing through work. Shook our hands and then just left. He said, I, I listen to you guys all the time and I just wanted to meet you. And I was like, what? <laughs> I thought that we said, really you guys cool. are great. Matt, I hate your guts. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> it might, that might be what I said. So Paul, what was your, your favorite moment? I think the overall celebrity experience this weekend. Like I mentioned, we had done Philly earlier in the year and I don't know if it was because of the different atmosphere. Philly was a lot bigger, a lot more people, uh, a lot more square footage, you know, a lot of people passing through, maybe they had to keep the machine, the autograph machine, photo machine a lot tighter, that uh, in Philly maybe there wasn't, wasn't a lot of time to give that personal touch. But I felt like all of the celebrities that we saw that were on our side of the convention hall really went above and beyond and everyone had a really good celebrity experience this morning i went over and uh, you know we we had shook hands with ernie hudson yesterday i want yeah i want to touch and, base on um, this morning i went over when, when when no one was at his table yet like first thing and got to talk with ernie hudson for a little bit we talked a little bit about his work on psych about where he grew up like what he's thinking of pittsburgh and just a really Cool. Well, don't leave guy. us wondering. What does he think of Pittsburgh? He likes it. He thinks he thinks it's a beautiful city, even he, on a rainy weekend. Well, by then the sun the sun had kind of uh, yeah. We yeah, today today was the nice day. Today you was know, the sunny day. You know, Rob Liefeld said it was a beautiful city as well, but it is. The, he even said on his Instagram, Rob Liefeld thanked the people of Pittsburgh. Thank you for your beautiful city and your generous hospitality. Except Matt, I hate your guts. 
Oh, it does say <laughs> hashtag F Matt Cassell. Uh, so, so the random fan and Rob Liefeld hate me. <laughs> yeah. So you know, seeing you know Eddie McClintock go above and beyond and meeting Ernie Hudson, I got to talk to Dean Kane for a little bit today. But don't like just go with that. Like everyone, you can like just hearing throughout the celebrity, you hear like the line of people applaud when their celebrity hits their table. People were there to see Shatner. As soon as he pulled back the curtain and you saw Shatner, his whole line of people applauded. And then as soon as he's done, they all applauded again and he walks away and he goes. So we, we saw what Eddie McClintock was doing. We had the good fortune of being positioned near where the celebrities were entering and exiting yeah. the exhibition so, hall. As we saw on Friday, we, we, we immediately noticed Eddie McClintock. So at the end of the day on Friday, us being the asshole, the fun, lovable assholes that we are, <laughs> we applauded him. And he, but we, not we in were, any no, kind no, of no, we were being, no, no, yeah, yeah, like, we were, we were yeah. sincere. We, we saw what sincere he was doing. Sincere assholes? Is that? Yes. Eh, we are sincere. Not, Since not, assholes? <laughs> uh, we are we are assholes, but I think we are we are the party table. We were. we were we were we were the table you went to to have a good time. Yes, and we were we were told that multiple times this weekend as well. I love hanging out at your table. You guys are fun. You know, I also really liked being next to uh, Josh Bomber, who we talked about before, who's a really good painter. He sells these um, prints and originals of um, portraits of of comic book and pop culture characters with like a very uh, unique kind of kind of weird style but really cool and you know he was at West Virginia PopCon uh, where we were a few weeks ago but we weren't near him this time we were right next door and that was pretty cool it almost felt like we just had a double-sized table almost it was it was pretty awesome and from what I understand we're gonna be right next to him in Baltimore as well so I think that was a, a nice little touch to the weekend. Yeah, the celebrity experience was great. And one of my, one of the you know funnest things for me that didn't even happen directly to me was towards towards the end of the day today, when we were talking with Megan and Krista, and Mitch Pelagi from X Files and Supernatural in Dallas walks past, and he's he's going he's leaving the hall, and Megan's like, oh my god, Mitch Pelagi. It's him, and he like waves and keeps walking, and you know we wave, and then she she starts to get teary eyed, and I was like, you could probably like shake his hand or something, next time you see him, like you know people have been doing this all day. Oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I'll probably get too emotional. So then he comes back out like two minutes later when 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 we're still there, and I'm like, go get him, and she like timidly walks over as he's walking past, and they stop and talk and. He gives her a big hug, and she's just happy tears. <laughs> and he's like, you got to quit crying because you're going to make me cry. I'll give you another hug for all those tears. Double it was, tears. It's the, the celebrity experience today seemed second to none. Everyone that, that I saw was you know seemed to really be giving back to the fans like, in the way I think a celebrity should be giving back to yeah. the fans. Ernie, we watched Ernie Hudson walk in yesterday. We applauded him. We respect his work. He stopped what he did and came by and shook yeah. our hands. Yeah, he made a beeline. Right yeah, he beelined it straight to like we applauded him. He yeah, he was beyond our table. And he, he introduced stopped himself and came and back. He's like, I'm Ernie. 
And I want to be like, like we don't know. But I always like. I like. Yeah, that I'm Ernie. Thing. You know, one on one. I'm Ernie. Matt. I'm Ernie. This is Paul. Yeah. So that one on one, and then yesterday we instigated. Um, Eddie and Dean Kane to throw footballs yeah. between each other between their booths. Instigated sounds so negative. We, we just brought worlds together, man. We we're did. not assholes. We, we're not making miracles happen. We is a positive spin. We make, we make dreams happen. Comic Con magic. You want to hug your idol. You want to hug some celebrity that you've always loved. Come to the mix sauce table. We'll make it happen. We're f- felicitors. That might not be a word. Don't look, don't bother looking it up. That's yeah, last time we got into uh, grammar, uh, grammar, <laughs> sauce grammar podcast. Yeah, somebody got pissed. Every off. so often we get. For those of you new you to this podcast, we are heavy on the grammar. Unlike any other podcast that you ever listen to in your life. So this weekend was Pittsburgh Comic Con. A lot of fun. We had a great time. But last weekend was Force Friday. And Star Wars merchandise boom! If you're not sick of Star Wars yet, you're gonna be. That wasn't the official tagline, but in a I couple wonder years, how Paul I think it's feels about this. I wonder if he's already burned out. I'm okay now. I think For he's now, okay, I'm okay right now. Yeah, seems like he's already tipping his hand at being burned out. But by the time like Rogue Three comes out, I'm gonna be flipping tables. It's kind of inevitable that we're gonna be burned out on Star Wars at some point. And that's coming from Mr. Star Wars himself. I mean, like, let's be real. I'm kind of burned out on Marvel superhero movies. Yeah, but... I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. There are certain ones that I'm very excited for. But on the... Like, if they announced Iron Man 4, I'd be like, okay. Like, I mean... Maybe I'll red box it. I'm excited for the new and different things. I'm excited for Deadpool. I'm excited for Doctor Strange. Those pro- I'm excited for Black Panther. Should be cool. You so be. I knew I, I I shouldn't have even said it. I was holding it back. I was like, oh, we're gonna- you're holding it black. Oh, <laughs> that's another thing we do on this show. Folks. But wouldn't you be more excited if he was African Panther? No, it doesn't matter to me. We've gone through this. Does it matter to you that all the heroes that you love are white? Does that matter to you? No. Okay, well, it doesn't matter to me. I'm a person, too. (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) So anyway, I'm excited for the new properties. Some of the older stuff, burned out on. Iron Man 4, don't give a shit about. Right. I mean, I'm excited to see maybe what's going on with the new Spider-Man. That has my interest. All the DC stuff, fresh, new, different, excited for that. Yeah. Because it's still fresh, new, and exciting. And Star Wars is still fresh, new, and exciting. But we are involved in... We love the brand. So just like Marvel, we read the comics, we watch the TV shows, we go see the movies. We're fans of the brand. So Star Wars is going to inundate us with all that, too. We're doing it right now. We're reading all the comics. We're getting ready to watch the new movies. There's gotta be something on TV at some point. Well, Rebels. Right. I was thinking live action. Oh. Probably. So, the, yeah. The rumor is that there's gonna be a Netflix show. We'll see. I mean, whatever. But before I get into um, grievances, Star Wars grievances about the General comic grievances? Books, and, and General the, grievances with Matt Cassell. <laughs> I like that. Um, 
I would like to talk about my grievances with Force Friday, or as some people are calling it, Farce Friday. Or <gasps> Who as, dares? Or some others Star are calling clowns. it Midnight Sadness instead of Midnight Madness. Because Who are it, these people that are calling Is it Macassell that's calling it these things? Who's calling it Farce Friday? I've heard it called that from people. Why? Because... Because Force Friday was kind of a joke. Was it? Yeah, they... Like, certain stores like Target and Toys R Us advertised, come on out, get all your great new Star Wars merchandise at midnight, um, and they were out of shit within 10 to 15 minutes. Like, out of it. Gone. I suppose that is the store's fault. I really want it to be... I don't lunatic collectors' faults. Well, it, it partially is, but I don't know if it's the stores as much as I. Look, these stores all participated in things like the midnight launches for well, Toys R Us did for the Phantom Menace fifteen years right. ago, and I went to the midnight madness for that, and there was enough toys for everyone. I could have bought one of everything for everybody at this table plus your grandmothers. And it would have been fine. There was, like, no problems finding the Darth Maul. And it was way crazier than it is now. The The toy market was a much more booming market at the time. Uh, the excitement in general was, I think, at an absolute fevered pitch. Because the original <coughs> Star Wars line of toys is what really kicked off action figure collecting. So now we were getting brand new right. Star Wars right. action figures and that collector's market was just licking its chops right. again. So I can remember I was very close to the front of the line for that back in 1999 and when they opened the doors at, at 12.01 and we all filed into Toys R Us right in front of us there was a, a display. I don't know. Maybe a display isn't the right word. but that's Feature where, shop. That's yeah, feature shop. Okay. And, and we beeline for it. And I can remember, like, out of my peripheral, seeing, like, people swarming around me that were going faster than me. And we just kind of, like, launched ourselves at these toys. And we were just scooping them off of, the, off of the pegs. But the point is, by the end of it, everyone in line, and we're talking probably over 100 people, well over 100 people were there. Everyone got stuff. Everyone got what they wanted. And they left, and everybody left happy. This particular year, in 2015 for Force Friday, I went to Target at midnight because Target had been advertising it, and I had a coupon for, like, if you spend, I don't know, 50 bucks, get $10 off, or something like that. And I thought, you better believe I'm going to spend 50 bucks. So I show up at Target, and it's, like, dark. Nobody's in line. I'm like, fuck, Target's closed. I was like, son of a bitch. So I get back in my car and I drive to Toys R Us. By the time I got to Toys R Us, it was like 10 after, maybe quarter after. And there were a couple of fat nerds coming out of Toys R Us with like cartfuls of toys. Like, we're talking like dudes that are at least 10 years older than me. About Paul's age. Yeah. <laughs> And, and, they're wheel- running and they're wheeling out carts filled with toys. And I know they're not for their children because, number one, nobody would reproduce with these fat slugs. <laughs> number two, they just looked like basement-dwelling dweebs. Oi. I didn't ask them, but I was pretty sure. 
And I and I was angry with them because it was like they took my toy. They made sure they got ten of everything, so that way I could get nothing. And then they could put shit on eBay. This is the crazy thing. These nerds are putting this shit on eBay, and they're selling it for like a six dollar markup. Well, after eBay takes their cut, and then you pay for shipping on top of that, plus the like the trouble of going to the post office and packaging it and all that stuff. How much money have you really made? Like three dollars? Like, you have to ask those. And dudes. you went and you went at midnight to do that. You dweeb. Come on. Well, I saw that. I saw that markup at the con this weekend too. Well, the con was different. The con was even higher than it is on eBay because on eBay it's a much more competitive market because there's so many of these losers that are putting this shit on there. It it makes it so the price isn't like too astronomical because it's it's oversaturated a lot of these fucking assholes had the same idea at the con you only had a couple dealers that had like you know but i, I still saw them. some of the force awakens uh three and three quarter inch figures yeah right they I, were still 20 bucks a piece well that's what i'm saying Don. yeah they were 20 dollars a piece at the con but on ebay they're like 13 they're cheaper because it's oversaturated at the con. But at the same time, with thirteen, you're also paying your seven dollars shipping, so you're still paying twenty dollars still even, for. Even if these these losers that are putting them on there pay for free shipping, so that way they can sell it over the other losers that are. So trying to sell you got it. to Toys R Us at like twelve ten. We'll say twelve twelve and, and it half. was and it was just nothing but empty. I, I empty pegboard. I walk it. Okay. You go. Nope. All you had left was Amparu. Everybody was gone. The only people that were there shopping were the guys that were coming out when I was going in. And I was really excited when I first got there, and I thought, wow, this is like kind of a shitty turnout. Like, you would think there would be more action. Like, the, I felt like the festivities well, would it, be going for like an hour. Where did you go <clears throat> in 99? Toys R Us. Where? Same one that I went to for this oh, really? one. Don't give up his location. So I don't mean to blow up his spot. I just want to make sure we're keeping the same variables. Yeah, together. yeah. So same exact to toy store. But we can because later. he was also late to this this time. He ten, was in line. Ten minutes. They shouldn't have been out of everything. And this was not an isolated incident. In like Target and Toys R Us got decimated within minutes. Like, this was all across the country. And people were very upset because they took off work maybe the next day or or not. Maybe they just were like, you know what, I'm going to stay up really late and do this because Star Wars is really important to me. And I'm going to go to work tired tomorrow. But it'll be worth it because I'll have gotten brand new Star Wars toys. What's more likely, Matt, that Toys R Us and Target didn't order enough or that they were restricted from the items that they could order. That's what I'm getting at. They were restricted because it was the same everywhere for different retailers. So you feel like Disney was like, all right, yeah. Force Friday. But yeah, what's, what's the, but what's the, the variable that order. changed? The, ma the match you could order. Toys R Us was the same. Target was the same. The, Star right. Wars was the same. It, but Disney now owns Star Wars. That is the it, change. Right. It, it's... It's clear to me that Disney is putting the clamps on shit. And that, that brings me full circle to my general grievances here. Disney, I'm starting to lose my patience with Disney because they are, they are just, 
all they've done is is tease us with what we want out of Star Wars ever since this acquisition. They unceremoniously just completely like like magic made the expanded universe go away. Those stories and books, particularly like the early ones with Grand Admiral Thrawn, are so incredibly like beloved by a huge contingent of Star Wars fans, but they were just so nonchalantly thrown to the side like they're they're worthless stories. Like really you couldn't make your new movie work within that at least the framework for some of this like did you have to completely undo everything and you know maybe the answer is yeah we did fine but like another example i am not impressed with star wars comics in general I well, think it's I, a mixed bag. There it's are a some, mixed bag. There are some good. There are some bad. Princess Leia, to me, was a complete fail. Star Wars, kind of. You have some good issues. You have some bad issues. Darth Vader has been the most consistent. But that's that's how I feel. The ones that I've really been looking forward to are, is um, the uh, Shattered Empire series. Because that is finally like the continuing saga of of Star Wars. Like, it's the continuing story of Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia. But instead, we're getting told stories about characters that don't give a sh- that don't, that don't... That you don't, don't give, give a, a shit, shit about. about. They might not give a shit either. They don't though. mean anything. They don't mean shit. They don't but mean this is, this is the, the problem, this is the problem with all Star Wars that isn't the movies. Because for as beloved as all that expanded universe shit is to some people, I think it's dog shit. And it doesn't fucking matter. Because who the fuck cares about Grand Admiral Thrawn or Kara Jade or Laura, that fucking Laura, guy Laura. with the fake Millennium Falcon. What the, what's that asshole's name? Dash Rendar. Dash Rendar. Come the fuck on with your 90s ass pouchy name. Yeah, like, I don't give a shit about that stuff. Just like you don't give a shit about this new stuff. If you're not in the movies, you don't count. Whether Disney says you count or not, you don't count. Exactly. I agree with some of what you said. As fun as Rebels is. It doesn't really count. It really doesn't. And, and you know, I'm not a big fan of, like, in-between movies filler. Because it's like, if that was really, like, relevant, then it would have been in a movie. The only shit I want to see in between these fucking movies is the Obi Wan movie, which they haven't even announced yet. But now, okay. see, I like all the I like a lot of the expanded universe stuff. Um, well, it, it can be enjoyable on its own to a point, but it's not really Star Wars. I've accepted well, it as Star Wars because it's all part of the universe. You know, not not why was it Naboo in the original trilogies? Just because, because the, George Lucas didn't make it up yet. It doesn't matter. Just because they're not there doesn't mean they didn't have a part of something. Yeah, and it's just so like, it's, it's so just it's like comic books. You know, everyone accepts some stories. Everyone doesn't accept other stories. You pick and choose, and you build your own universe. I don't like that they wipe everyone's giving you. I don't like that they wiped the slate just so they could say, "Hey, we're making these movies, and we don't want any of this information to be known." Like I like that's the, that's the veil dumb. of secrecy is absurd it at is. this point. Um, like, there. 
all we want to do is we want to like see what the fuck happens to Luke Skywalker after Return of the Jedi. And fine, maybe that won't be revealed until the Force Awakens, but even some of the rumors are suggesting we're not going to know. So all, what I'm getting at is Disney is constantly teasing us with like what we want but barely giving it to us just in like little tiny slivers like they just the only the generous thing that they did was they gave us a teaser for the movie a year before the movie came out ever since then it has been table scraps if that they're they're just they're not telling us anything they're keeping so much secrecy around it it kind of killed some of the excitement do you really want like how much do you really want to know i would like to know what the characters names are in the movie well like do you, do you really want to know going into the movie, going into Empire, that Vader's Luke's father? No, I leave that shrouded in mystery. Like, let the movie expand itself. I'm just honestly sick of people wanting to know spoilers so often. I don't. See, I'm, I'm not. Totally I'm not begging for spoilers. Sorry, to, I'm going to take this one, Paul. But now, um, why don't you take this one? Um, well, it's not spoilers that I'm interested in. I am interested in seeing characters that um, that I already have an attachment to. I want to see their continuing story. But I, I feel like I'm constantly being teased with getting to find out what happens to them. For example, Shattered Empire, the new Star Wars comic that came out this week. I was very excited for it. Read it. Kind of disappointed because Luke is only in it within a spaceship... Um, you technically only hear his voice over a comlink. Right, you see a word bubble with his like language in it, right? And then Han Solo is a secondary character in it, and that's it. No other real characters. Well, you see, you get a... With the, with the new novel, Aftermath, the one that... Oh, man, I was so looking forward to Aftermath. It's, it picks up directly after Return of the Jedi. Literally the celebration on, on the forest moon of Endor. And... You get the book and it's like all brand new stupid characters that don't even matter. Like, that's not the aftermath. It's like some kind of new beginning. Like, the aftermath is going to tell me, well, what happens to the characters that I already know and love? And if you're not going to do that, that is a tease. That I feel misled. I feel somewhat lied to. But we knew what that book was going to be about before it came out. No, I, I didn't. I, I didn't. told you about it, yeah. We th I think we talked about it on this show. I thought that it was going to literally feature the main characters. Now, granted, I think there was a little misdirection because they didn't release that bit of information until like a week before the book's release. Okay. But yeah, they were like, oh yeah, this isn't Han, Luke, and Leia. This is brand new characters that you're going to love in the Rebellion and what they do after. Well, who the fuck gives a shit what they do? Nobody fucking cares. That's what I'm saying. And it's constantly like... You announce this book to make it seem like you're going to get one thing, and then you end up getting something completely different because they don't want to spill the beans yet. Well, fine. Don't come out with a stupid book until January then. But quit, like, teasing me with it. But with, like, I understand the misdirection, but with that book, you're going to be building the story of the characters that are in Episode Seven, and we're talking 30 years after Return of the Jedi. Do you really think... Han, Luke, and Leia are going to be the main characters. I'm a little confused by... You guys just got done railing about how the stuff that isn't in the movies doesn't count, and then you follow that up with, well, this other stuff is a tease. Well, if it doesn't count and you don't care, then why the why are you so upset? Like, I, I, I don't understand that. It, it, you're either 
it does count and I'm upset that we're being teased or it doesn't count and I don't really care and it's not going to affect me all that much. To, I don't get it. To me, it doesn't count. Okay. But you're very upset. But I really want to read a story about what happens after Return of the Jedi. It's, it's Han, Luke, and Leia. Like, as far as the new Star Wars book goes, Luke fights Darth Vader for the first time in some random Empire droid factor, TIE fighter factory. Yeah. Doesn't count. Still nice to see and read a story about right. Han, Luke, and Leia. I don't need to read a story about, so, uh, let's say, a Dash Rendar who isn't connected to anything. I don't even need to read a fucking C-3PO one-shot. Why the fuck are they making a C-3PO That might be shot? the dumbest thing I've seen yet out of Star Wars at Marvel. They don't even need to do the fucking Chewbacca book. Is are it a doing a Chewbacca book? Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. doing a book about yeah. a character that can't speak. Phil it's Noto gonna be, it's the next. The cover, it's the next thing. miniseries after He might actually oh be doing God. the whole book. Oh, but man, does Phil Noto draw a good fucking book? Yeah, unfortunately, it's going to be a Wookiee. I don't want to see well, him he's do the that. reason I bought that Shattered Empire comic. If he didn't do the cover, I wouldn't have even gotten it. But I love that artwork so fucking much. It may be my favorite Star Wars artwork. I bought probably five issues of Black Widow, which was dog shit, just for his interiors. I, I love his work. I do too. Phil Noto crushes it. But the book, the story, I mean, it, it was entertaining. I'll get number two, but I don't really give a shit about the main characters in it, even if they could be Poe Dameron's parents and it does have a direct tie into the next trilogy. Like, I don't care. But about you're not going to care because all you're focused and all you want is Han, Luke, and Leia. Well, yeah, why would I care about anyone else? Except Lando. Lando's the best. And that's a good book. That Lando Man, one, I like Lando. I like Lando, by the way. It's that's hard a to, to be, to care at this point, Dom. Like, I mean, not to say that we can't in the future, but like right now... We don't, because we don't know these idiots. Well, I think, like, well that's what the aftermath is going to be about in, the, in these books. They're going to give you a, you know, just a tease I feel and like, a general look, idea of books and, what's and movies going to and comics should be like extensions of like what we see in the movies. And instead, agreed. And this book is going to be no, a pre-extension, a, a pre-extension of <laughs> of the movie. Pre-extension. It's not an extension because what it, it happens at the end. What it comes down to is. If these stories were really important, then make a movie out of them. But since they're in a comic or a they novel, make movies or out an of animated books. show, they don't. It doesn't really count, and that's fine. If nothing happens to Han, Luke, and Leia between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens, that's totally fine. If nothing happens between A New Hope and Empire, except looking for a new planet. That's fucking fine. They don't need to be, you know, escaping danger every day of their I, fucking I, I, lives. I agree on that. Yeah, because I, I agree in the Star Wars books, like, Luke doesn't need to fight Vader on that planet. No, the first time they meet is in the book, is in, on Empire. But the the money making machine has to get stuff out there, and right. you know that's that's what it's all about, and it just kind of sucks. Just don't let. The corporations tell you what matters to you. But it's, it's just like you touched on before with comic How interesting books. would this be if we took the Ian Sharpley stance tonight and we were like, eh, everything's cool. We go. Well, I mean, I'm not saying everything's cool. I'm just saying, saying, let's wrap it up. I'm not saying everything's cool. I'm just saying, don't get so upset about it. Pick and choose what you feel I, 
that you want to hold on to and you feel passionate about, but don't complain about yeah, all the talked, other stuff. I, talked, I like reading the Expanded the, Universe the books, new, and I believe they count. We've talked new canon to death, right? Like, kind of our, our feelings on it, but that, that's, that really wasn't my point. My, my point with what kind of has me upset is just the way that, that they've been going about presenting new Star Wars to us, new relevant Star Wars, like the stuff that I want. It's just been such a trickle. I think they have stuff. to take their time before and, the actual movie. And here's hits. what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid when we get to The Force Awakens, we're still going to be left with all kinds of like questions and, and like no answers. And I'm going to be like, oh my God, I waited all this time. And, and, like, you still haven't told me what the fuck's but going you're on with in, Skywalker. You're in answer-finding overdrive. You're like, that's your problem. You're looking for all these different angles, and you're going through the deep, dark Star Wars web to find the meaning of the story. web To find the meaning of everything, all the clues and all the hints from the trailers and the things that you've read in articles. And and that's where your frustration probably lies Sound is fun? your, yeah, your I, search Knowing they're going to make an eight, episode eight and nine, nothing's going to get answered in one. Movie it's going to set everything. Movie well, secrecy is great because don't you want your mind blown when you go see it? Yes. And if you get too much, if you get Finn and Ray's last names, that's more of a chance that you're going to be able to put things together so that when something does happen you're like yep i saw that coming right here this guy but but there's more of a chance when you see that you're gonna turn to us and tell us hey this is right but if you don't know don't you think that like star wars has established that 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 plot twist with no i'm your father if you like matt don't tell me what to think first you make that your your twist like if that is your twist like oh that person's related to that person or whatever it's not nearly as effective as what you did previously if you need a twist have it but don't make it like oh this character's related to that character the twist is going to be that finn's last name isn't calrissian and you're like wait there's two black people in the universe seriously what the fuck hey there were plenty of black guards on Cloud City. I'm not going to a specific twist or a specific point, Matt. What I'm saying is that what you're... The reason that you're frustrated is you're looking for all the answers and all the little plot points. You can't... I think that you... If, for you to enjoy this fully, you should back off just a little bit. Just a hair. I, I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying. But I also believe that... You're a dummy. That, no, no, no. I think that Disney is being ridiculous. I think that they really are just letting things trickle out. Like, they had this gigantic, like, Star Wars merchandise launch. But, like, nothing really came out. Like, no new shit. Like, you know, the coloring books and, and T-shirts and action figures. And at the end of the day, we don't have a fucking clue who anybody even is it's like man i need the finn action figure oh cool who's that i don't know and that's that's the big problem i've had i had with force friday is they're like here's all this great stuff we don't even fucking know who any of these people are yet that's what, what you said matt you went out and got a 150 dollars bb8 remote control toy what if that character is the worst that's the chance that you take Even by being excited and being invested in something that you're you're taking the leap of faith with a property that you think that you can and trust. And that's what's put me off from... Well, you don't have to do any of that. And I'm not. I didn't go out and buy anything, but like they're 
here's all this stuff, here's all this stuff, but you don't know anything about it. Well, like, I want to know about it before I get any get any of it, but well, I'm going to have to... Why can't you just summer. buy the toy because you physically think I like BB-8? How do you I like physically B- think? I like BB-8 <laughs> as a... <laughs> Like you just think that BB-8 is a cool idea. Yeah, and the Sphero toy is super cool. And then if he winds up being dumb, they're like, oh, well, I shot myself in the foot on that one. But the idea of it is cool. Is that the way that most merchandising works? Is that you go and you experience the movie or the product, and then you're like, oh, that was cool. Let me go buy that shit. Like, just do that. Like, if you don't like the way that this is, don't do it. Just see the movie yeah, and then not, decide. I'm not. That's why I didn't get anything. But I don't like the idea of like the the quote unquote forced. Like here's all this stuff. You're gonna love it. No, go, go buy this Matt stuff. Gasol to go do that. No. He did that because he's a super fan. But Disney and the whole Star Wars machine right now is like, here's all this stuff. Go buy. It. Go buy. It. Go buy. It. Why are you doing this? Three months before the fucking because movie people comes are excited out. about it and they want to go buy it. Nobody's forcing anything. Like, there are no blasters to anyone's head. Do you know what I mean? I I do. Um, you know, like they could have had this launch like back in January, and I would have been there buying this shit. It, it that doesn't make it like it, it's still incredibly early, right? It. It's earlier than it should be. I feel like this stuff probably shouldn't have come out until maybe early November. They can't do that, though. You guys aren't looking at the retail environment. There's no way that they could do that well, I mean, at midnight during Christmas season. You're all you're already you fighting Black what if, Friday. What if you did it like... So like, you do it early, try to get that big... The day after Halloween. Why I, couldn't you do that? It's still the Christmas season. Why do you need to do it at all? Why can't you just roll stuff out like you would normally? Because they're trying to make money, Paul. Because they're a big, giant fucking corporation. As long as it's trying to make money, it's the same. That's what I'm saying. They don't need to fucking do this, but they're doing it just to make money off of it. Yeah, but so why? Right, but why is that a fucking surprise? It's Disney, man. Why is that a surprise to you? I'm not surprised, but they're gonna make their fucking bank whether they release it now or. They'll make more by doing this now. They'll make more. No, they're fucking not. Get the fuck out of here. Yes, Uh, they will. They had a big, gigantic nationwide event. They'll make more than not having the nationwide event. Everyone's going to buy the same amount of shit after the movie comes out. Oh, they're, oh, the, now the movie's out. No, now I'm going to get more. No, they're not. Now I'm going to get more Kylo Ren Yes, figure. they are. Here's because they all already yeah, went and did buy, that. All these people are going to buy the same Kylo Ren figure. You, they are that they already staffing. bought 10 of three months ago. They are still going to buy a lot of Star Wars merchandise. You can't tell me that they aren't going to make more money by doing a gigantic promotion than by not doing it. Oh, we're just going to hedge our bets. I have a question. Why didn't they do one in July then first? Because they would have made more money. Do you think that they would have made more money? What what I'm saying is that they do the promotion. What Paul's saying is that they shouldn't do it at all. It doesn't matter when it... I'm not saying anything about when. That's not a question. I'm, it's doing it or not doing it. First of all, I'm not that far away from you. You don't have to yell. <laughs> Paul was closer and there was a lot more yelling over there. Secondly, we only understand each other at a certain volume. <laughs> Secondly... What I'm saying is your logic was they're going to make more money because they're having this additional promotion right now plus all the stuff they're going to sell at Christmas time. Right. What I'm saying is should they have done one in July no. plus one in September because they that would have been an sure. additional they, they could have done that. You do they that, could have released, they have? 
Yeah. Should they? There's. It's not a question. Why are you asking me if they should or shouldn't have? I think it's I'm, not I'm a question of the volume of your argument on like how much you know. Well, it, it doesn't matter if they should or shouldn't have. They would have made more money if they did two of them and they had different merchandise at each of them because you, Matt, would have gone out and done both of them. Even if you were as upset, disappointed, and heartbroken as you are currently in July, you still would have went back in September and done it all over again. I'm actually going to disagree with you. because You can disagree with me, but you would have done it, Matt. I know you. Well, if you're going to disagree, then why ha why do one in July and September? Why because it, because you would be disappointed in July um, and then not go to own. September. <laughs> um, so there's only point. So technically, I only did one event, and I was upset about it. The second one's going to disappoint me again. I was I was laying there um, late Thursday night before the event, and I was like, man, should I even go out? Like, it's kind of late. I don't know if I feel like it. And it was like a last-minute game-time decision when I went out. And it was such a debacle, this past one. There's no fucking way I would do another one. Well, then what's, then you, what's you the say point that, having Matt, one in July but, and one in September? You are not the only one who is disappointed at this one. So come the second one... Dom, are you going to let me answer a question that you ask me? Probably not. I like how Matt's saying that, but you have been talking over people all podcast. Just once really? he apologized for it. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I go ahead and answer that because I want to go ahead and chime in one more. What, what I was saying about like the, the one in July, like if they did one in July, my point was to, to Ian's argument that by doing the additional event as early as they did, plus all the sales for like Christmas, the Christmas season, they're going to make more money. So if it's all about making more money, then why didn't they do one in July? That was my point. Because going back to the beginning of the conversation and Disney saying you're only allowed to buy so much, that'll just get, once again, back to the tease. They'll get an idea of this is the stuff that's out there. It, We're going to do that in September to build the demand. Come Black Friday, you're going to put more on the shelves. It's going to make people want to buy more. Then the movie comes out. And then you're going to try to hunt even more for that BB-8 figure when you realize that that's an awesome character. And then there's going to be more banging down the door in one week to get that figure where certain parents will buy it on Black Friday. I just like the idea of the character. Or you're like, you know what? I'm not buying that until my kid realizes he likes it. Kid goes, sees it. And then now that parent can't find that. BB-8 figure. It's supply, demand, and building anticipation. Yeah. It's, you know, limit okay. what you can buy now. We'll have this Merchandising event, one. but you're not allowed to have everything. Because if you sell everything Let now, a lot of parents would have bought a lot of stuff for their kids in preparation for Christmas because, you know... I, I get start it. I, I really do. I understand that argument. But do you think marketing has changed, like, that much? Not marketing, but merchandising has changed so much with um, toys in the last 15 years because this is so different than what they did I agree. for the Phantom Menace. Because well, Phantom Menace, like, you had a it's eight a, foot... Not eight. just that, Dom. Like, I, the difference was like um, in all of the merchandising, beyond just toys and everything, but just in like the, the pop culture blitz, it was different. It was as big as Force Friday was, and trust me, there's stuff like in every store... Like department stores have, um, it seems like clothing. there's too many exclusives because Target has its own exclusive, 
Walmart had its own exclusives. You have, to, and then Toys R Us had its own. And that so is something that has drastically places. changed since the Phantom Menace. Do you Menace. think it has? Like, I mean, it's, it, 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 it is very has, different. But, but, do you think what they're doing now is a more strategic and, and smart way of doing it? Because I'm not convinced that it is. It, Paul, you want to take that one? No. It might be strategic, but I, I don't think it's being executed. It might just be a gamble on their part. They they are gambling that they're not going to piss loyal fans like yourself off so much that you you know just won't come back to the well, next event. I feel like they're they're mainly being cautious, or you could say they're being cautious. Or some people might say they're being cheap by by limiting like the amount that they're making, the amount that they're shipping because like let's face it back when the Phantom Menace came out, stores were left with a lot of of toys that ended up like having to go on clearance and everything. This time when I went to Toys R Us, there was no figures on the wall. <laughs> no. It was as if they hadn't put shit out yet. I was like, "Oh, I guess I'm early." I wasn't. <laughs> I saw a lo- I went I went Friday night at like 8 o'clock at night. Wait, what? On oh, Friday, Friday night. Yeah. Okay. I'm I went sorry. Friday I'm night at eight. Okay. Tell so me this is so this is you know it's been open for you know sixteen hours by now. And what you just touched on, Matt, about them being burned with more stock—that might. You that's, think that's a really good point. Think about you know I, me and you, Paul, worked at Toys R Us during this time, and you can remember during the Phantom Menace. During the Phantom Menace I remember having those chip figures, the the oh my god, yeah. those comlink figures, comlink figures on the shelves for years and years and years, and would never move. So maybe in order to avoid some of that, maybe it is the store. Maybe the stores didn't order all that much merchandise. I really don't think it's that because it. it do, do we is that do we have a definitive answer to that? Do we know if it was the stores that didn't order or if Disney we have was a, putting in, a cap on things? We have an inside source. I can ask someone I know at Toys R Us, and maybe we'll have an answer. Jeffrey? <laughs> that person was dressed up as Jeffrey that day. <laughs> maybe, or who knows, maybe we'll never know, but we should probably save it for another day. Yeah, this, this we can go on. We can go down this road for a long time. They, they always seem to run. Out here and just go to bed. They always seem to run a little longer. The angrier we get, so they do. If you are a first-time listener, this is kind of how we do it. We had some chuckles in the beginning. We yelled at each other. We haven't had yelling in a while. Felt good. <laughs> it did. It really did. I was worried about having the right energy for this tonight. I mean, he didn't say dumb stuff about Star Wars. Took care of that too, sweet. <laughs> All right. I'm just kidding, buddy. Just kidding. Thanks to everyone that came out to see us at Wizard World Pittsburgh tonight. Thanks to all the new likes we got, the new followers on Twitter. Thanks to Rob Liefeld, Eddie McClintock, Ernie Hudson, Dean Kane, everyone that we met this weekend. We had a great time. We're going to be in Baltimore in two weeks. If you're going to be around, stop by and see us. I think I speak for all of us when I say we had a really good time this weekend. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. And special guest. Dominic Yossi. We'll see you next time. <laughs>